Russian forces launched a pair of attacks in Ukraine overnight. Missile strikes on the city of Kharkiv injured six people and damaged residential buildings. And a second attack in the Odessa region damaged agricultural facilities. New video shows the brutality of the war for Ukrainians. The Ukrainian military released this video of the now destroyed settlement of Avdrivka near Bakhmut. And it shows part of Ukraine's attempt to retake that region. You can hear one of the soldiers coughing there. We're joined by senior international correspondent Fred Pleitkin, live from Kyiv. Uh, tell us about these latest efforts uh, by the Ukrainians to mm -hmm. retake that territory. Hi there, Victor. Well, first of all, I think a lot of people were shocked when they saw those videos as to uh, what the fighting in that area, which is south of Bakhmut, has turned those little settlements into. That one that we just saw is a settlement of Andrivka, which was very small to begin with. But we can just see as those forces are going through there that the fighting that's been going on there over the past couple of months has turned that area essentially into a moonscape. We can see it there, especially in that fog. And, you know, the few houses that were in that settlement, most of them reduced to just the foundations and rubble as well. Nevertheless, the Ukrainians say that the gains that they've been able to make around Bakhmut are actually quite important for them. These are very small settlements, but they do allow the Ukrainians to target Russian supply lines into Bakhmut. The Ukrainians uh, are saying, and I was able to speak to the deputy defense minister yesterday, that the Russians are trying to hold on to Bakhmut almost at all cost. It's a big political thing for them, a big PR thing for them. It's basically the last big victory, they say, that they've had on the battlefield. So the Ukrainians say that right now around that Bakhmut area, that's one of the main areas of fighting. Now, with the Ukrainians making those advances, it is, of course, also very important for them, not just on the battlefield, but also as the Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky, is set to head to the United States this coming week to not only uh, be at the UN General Assembly, but also, of course, to meet with President Biden as well. And the Ukrainians are saying, from their vantage point, uh, they obviously want the United States to continue uh, the current support that is going on. And they say they especially need those longer-range tactical missiles called attackums, with which they could attack the Russians' uh, supply lines further than they have been so far. F-16s, they say, longer down the line. But one of the things that they keep telling us in the short term that they need to keep this offensive going, that's sort of sluggish in the south, picking up a little pace in the east, is, is ammunition, is 155-millimeter uh, artillery ammunition and then more ammunition for high Mars as well. The U.S. has been supplying that. But the deputy defense minister told me yesterday that there are some areas on the front line where the Ukrainians are trying to advance, but where they have 10 times less firepower than the Russians have, where for every shot that the Ukrainians take, the Russians are able to shoot 10 times. Now, the Ukrainians say the Western systems, of course, can shoot further, are more accurate, but still, that ratio is one that makes it very difficult for them. They do say that on the whole, yes, the offensive that they launched is somewhat sluggish, but they also say the fact of the matter is right now, on pretty much all areas of the front line, the Ukrainians are the ones who have the initiative and the Russians are on the defensive. And they say that in itself is certainly something that helps their motivation. And certainly they say they will also take to the U.S. and its allies to say, look, continue that support. It's definitely making a difference, guys. Fred Plankin for us in Kyiv, thanks so much. Let's bring in now CNN military analyst General Mark Hurtling uh, from uh, the U.S. retired from the U.S. Army uh, is joining us now. Um, good to see you. I've got a little preview monitor off to the side here. And as Fred was reporting that because of the challenge of ammunition for every shot a Ukrainian soldier takes, a Russian soldier can take 10, uh, you started shaking your head. What's your reaction to what you heard there? It's, it's true, Victor, but as Fred followed on with, 
the, the weapons supplied by the Western countries, the U.S. and most of NATO, are much more accurate, can hit targets precisely, and you don't need as many rounds. So th this is a narrative that Ukraine has been using to try and get more uh, ammunition, more supplies, more equipment. But it, it, it is true that Russia uses and depends on artillery strikes. You saw the scenes from uh, Andritka there. That is what a modern battlefield looks like uh, that has both rural and urban areas where rubble is everywhere and you have destroyed buildings and landscapes with artillery fire. Uh, it isn't a clean landscape. It has battlefield to treat us everywhere. And, and it's just unfortunate that uh, we continue to supply forces and ammunition to Ukraine, and they still have to face uh, a withering Russian attack in some of these areas that are just, uh, it's monumental in terms of the artillery duels that are going on in all areas of the front of Ukraine. Yeah, that description from uh, Fred of this is a, a moonscape was perfect when you look at the dust covering everything. And we've talked for months about um, the, I guess, the prestige or the bragging rights that come with retaking Bakhmut. There really is no other value because there's nothing really left there. You also mentioned uh, the need for systems for ammunition. Uh, Axios is reporting that there really is no plan while Zelensky is in the uh, U.S. for the UNGA and, and his visit to the White House to announce that there will be the attackums handed over to Ukraine or those long-range missiles. Do you expect that this will eventually be... Uh, added to the list of weapons, of systems that were an adamant reluctance from the U.S. and then eventually were handed over? Oh, if I could, Victor, if I could first address the Bakhmut situation. Go ahead. I'm not one that agrees with many people who are saying that that, that is an irrelevant fight. Uh, the Russians are pouring a lot of forces in there. They're putting mobilized troops in that area. Ukraine has to fight in that area in order to regain the lost territory that Russia took, first of all, in 2014. As to the attackums, you know, truthfully, I can't say. Uh, what, there's a lot of debate and discussion that goes into this kind of arms transfer or what's called a presidential drawdown. That equipment just isn't extra, Victor. It's, it's allocated toward other contingencies and other fights. And in the case of attackums, there are very few weapon systems. Now, you know, there, there's been a bunch of numbers thrown around that, oh, the U.S. has 5,000 missiles. They could give a few to Ukraine. These are long-range missiles that strike deeply buried targets with a great amount of destructive force. And they are used specifically for some contingent, or planned specifically, I should say, for some contingency operations that the U.S. has. Whenever the U.S. draws down equipment from from any of their sources or from any of these plans, it puts things at risk. So I'm not gonna say whether or not, I can't say whether or not the US will make the decision of giving some attackums, but truthfully, there are a lot of other weapon systems like the Storm Shadow that are much more effective in hitting long range targets than some of the attackum system. But this has been a mantra from Ukraine of give us the attackums and, and everyone's picked up on that without really understanding what the attackums does how it is used and how it can be countered by Russian electronic warfare and air defense systems. I want to come back to weaponry uh, if we have time. But first, I want to talk about uh, President Zelensky coming to the U.S., going to the U.N. Uh, General Assembly, then on to the White House. He has to uh, make sure that the world uh, maintains this urgency, uh, that they continue to supply the support economically 
um, and also as it relates to the cache of weapons throughout the war. What do you expect to see and hear from President Zelensky this week? Well, I think President Zelensky has been masterful in messaging his cause. He has picked up a lot of fans. And especially during time when some in the United States, I'm not going to say Europe because the West uh, in NATO is actually continuing to support with advances in, in ammunition and arms productions. But the U.S. seems to be waning. We've seen recent polls where a lot of people are saying we shouldn't give Ukraine as much or we shouldn't continue to support that this is a deep pit. I certainly disagree with that personally, uh, but what we're seeing is President Zelensky trying to continue to shore up support to what he knows will be a very long fight. Uh, so he's going to address not just the United States and, and, and deal with not just uh, U.S. representatives, but also the defense industrial base, but also going to the U.N. He may be sharing his message with parts of the world that haven't heard that message and haven't paid as much attention to it. And he's called for this forum uh, in uh, Kiev coming in the fall. 86 defense contractors from 21 countries as uh, Ukraine tries to build up its ability to uh, manufacture its own uh, ammunition and weapons as this continues. Uh, Retired Lieutenant General Mark Hurtling, thanks so much.